Cześć Orzełki, tu Viola i Marcin. Uczymy się angielskiego poprzez naturalną konwersację i słuchanie. Jeśli chcielibyście czytać w trakcie słuchania, zapraszamy na stronę naturalnyangielski.com, gdzie znajdziecie transkrypcję i tłumaczenia wszystkich odcinków. What is the unofficial start of the summer season in Poland? Do you go by a special date? Or is it maybe the last day of school? And does everyone acknowledge the same day as the start of the season? I'm asking because Monday, May 26th, is a holiday here in the States. This holiday is called Memorial Day, and this day, or Really, this long weekend marks the unofficial start of the summer season for us. This holiday is a day of remembering and honoring the people who have died while serving in the U.S. military. So, that's the beginning of the summer season. The unofficial end of our summer season is also marked by a holiday. That holiday is called Labor Day, a holiday of work and workers, and it falls on the first Monday in September. This means we have two long holiday weekends that mark the beginning and the end of our summer, Memorial Day weekend and Labor Day weekend. A lot of us like to travel in the summer, And since the summer is just beginning, I thought it would be appropriate to discuss some common words and phrases you may need when traveling to English-speaking countries. Or countries where the official language isn't English, but you'll have to use English to communicate. Today, I'll start by listing out the core things you should definitely know how to say throughout your stay or throughout your vacation. I'm thinking it may be more helpful if I dedicate the next few episodes to doing a deep dive on different topics related to traveling, like checking into your hotel or going to a restaurant. For today, we'll talk about what happens at an airport. So, The first thing you should do before you even leave your house is take a look at what you'll be bringing with you or what you'll need to have with you on your vacation. If you take any special medications or think you may potentially need to visit the pharmacy in another country, write down the English word for that and put it in your wallet. I was once in Madrid, Spain, when I realized that I needed to buy contact lens solution because I wear contacts and I don't like wearing my glasses outside. Thankfully, I knew enough Spanish to communicate to the pharmacist that I needed the solution to clean contact lenses and she knew exactly what I needed. In my case, it wasn't so serious, but people have different health conditions and in case of emergencies, 
you'll save yourself some stress if you're prepared. It can be as simple as writing down what you're allergic to or as serious as writing down the medications you take for your heart condition, for example. This also reminds me, if you ever forget the name of something, try to describe what it is or what it is used for. If someone is trying to help you find something or answer a question, it's better to have some information than to have no information at all. Other things you should have a general understanding of are how to count to 10. I hope this is an easy one for you. You should know this because you'll always be buying tickets to something or making a dinner reservation or ordering something where someone will ask, how many? How many tickets do you need? How many people in your party? How many days are you staying here for? These questions will definitely come up. You should also know how to answer who, what, when, where, how much, and how many. Another easy one, I hope, but a necessary one to point out. Any questions you may ask or may be asked of you during a vacation will most likely start with those words. Where are you going? How many bags do you have? How much are the tickets? Where is the museum? When does breakfast start? How do I get to the beach? Then we have basic greeting and important expressions. So, hello, good morning, bye, please, thank you, excuse me, how are you, I'm sorry, I don't understand, do you know, do you know how to get to the train? Also, don't forget to learn what to say in case of an emergency. Always be prepared for the worst case scenario. What if you got robbed? Do you know how to say, for example, that someone stole your wallet? Or what if you got hurt? Know the names of your body parts and know the meaning of words like pain, broken, swollen, blood, and hurt, just in case you have to explain an injury and say what's wrong. On a lighter note, let's pretend you're now leaving your house and you're on your way to the airport. I'm guessing that if you're going to another country, it'll most likely be by plane. So let's go through some expressions you may hear at the airport or on your flight. When you arrive at the airport, you'll look for the check-in desk or the check-in counter. Even if you have already checked into the flight on your phone 
and now you have your boarding pass on your phone, you may have bags to check. We also call those bags suitcases, luggage, or baggage. It all means the same thing. As a side note, let me just say that over the years, I've learned that flying with bags that go with you on board, the ones you carry with you on board, which we call carry-on bags, are just so much easier to deal with than checking a bag. By not checking any bags, you spend less time at the airport because you don't have to wait for your bag after your flight, and you avoid the possibility of your bag getting lost. If you do have bags to check in, sometimes you do that at the check-in desk, and sometimes the airline will have a self-service bag drop kiosk. This is where you print out the tag for your bag and drop it off or leave the bag at the designated place. Okay, so back to the checking counter. When you walk up to the person sitting at the counter, you will start by saying, hi, checking in. The person sitting at the check-in desk will say, passport please. If you don't have to show a passport for wherever you're going, you may have to show another form of ID. We rarely say identification or identification document because it's much easier to just say ID. If your flight is not direct and you have one or two stops on your journey, those stops are called connecting flights. If you have any connecting flights, the person at the counter may also ask you, what is your final destination? Just to triple check everyone knows what's going on. After a few minutes, you should receive your boarding pass. The boarding pass will list the gate your flight is leaving from, your flight number, the boarding time, the flight time, and your seat number. If, for some reason, your flight doesn't have a designated gate yet, you may have to look for the flight information display boards that are usually divided into departures, the flights that are leaving the airport, and arrivals, the flights that are landing at the airport. Before you get to your gate, you'll have to go through security, which is everyone's least favorite part. Going through security can take a really long time. You stand in line for a while, and then you're asked to take out any electronic devices you may have and place them into separate bins on the x-ray belt. Sometimes they ask you to take off your shoes, belts, jackets, hats, and watches. And once you go through the metal detector, you quickly and awkwardly put it all back on. 
Then you're off to your departure gate to board your flight. That's when the hardest part is behind you, and hopefully you have plenty of time to grab something to eat and be on time for boarding. There's something about being at the airport that I just love. I guess I just love airports, really. Some people travel for business, but a lot of people travel for pleasure. Everyone is on their way somewhere. People standing next to you could be from places across the world, but for this brief period, we're all in this one building. Everyone has a story about where they're going and why. And if people are going on vacation, they're usually in a good mood. Once you board your flight, that's when the fun really begins. The travel classes on an airplane are usually economy, premium economy, business, and first class. Most of my life, I've only booked economy seats, but these days, I highly recommend upgrading to a higher class for long flights if you can afford it and if you're tall. I have long legs, and usually the people I travel with do too, so the extra legroom is very important to me. Before you get into your seat, you will put your carry-on luggage in the overhead compartment. Once you sit down, you fasten your seatbelt and wait for the cabin crew to go through the safety demonstration. Once the pilot is ready to leave the gate, the airplane will make its way to the runway and take off into the sky. During the flight, you'll most likely have an option of snacks and drinks served to you by the flight attendant. You can call a flight attendant a stewardess, but some would say that that is an outdated term and we mostly use flight attendant now. Hopefully, your flight is smooth and without much turbulence. I also hope that if you are taking a vacation, whether it is by plane, train, bus, or car, it is a relaxing and an enjoyable one. I have this one vacation rule for myself and anyone I'm traveling with, that is, there is no complaining about anything during the trip. Complaining ruins the mood. Complaining takes away from noticing, feeling, and talking about all the wonderful things going on around you while you take this break from your everyday life. You worked hard for this. You paid for this. Enjoy it. That is all for this episode. If you're enjoying this podcast, make sure to rate it on your listening app. If you'd like to shoot me a note, you can reach me at viola przez v at naturalneangielski.com. Until next time.